You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 24. My guest today is yours truly, Mediocre Mitch. My hour, my topic today is a talk through of my own career journey and why I think speaking about my own career will be relevant to you listeners. So, ready to hear more about that intriguing topic? Let's get started. Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 24. This is the second to last episode of the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3. My next podcast, which um, will be the last podcast of the season, will coincide uh, with the July 4th weekend here in the United States and will come... A, what what will come right after that is a special Meet Mediocrity Summer Podcast Rewind. So more on that next week. But for this episode, I decided to have a conversation with you. I was going to say with myself, um, but then you'd start wondering about my mental state. A conversation with you about my career. Now, why did I decide to do this? It's very interesting, actually. So, as you know, if you're a big Meet Mediocrity fan, um, the YouTube, the Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel, the vlog, and the podcast have had a couple of episodes over the past month or six weeks about careers, about work, about ways to behave at work, about about how to react to certain things about work, about how to be self-reflective in work. And so, interestingly enough, while that was all going on, I got interviewed for a podcast that is being produced by some work colleagues for other work colleagues. And during that podcast interview, I, I touched a little bit on my career journey and they were, the interviewers of me, were completely shocked. Their eyes lit up and they said, we never expected a story like that. And I started reflecting on my story. I started reflecting on some career quotes, some successful career quotes and things I've heard over the years. And I started realizing that actually my career, which is now over 30 years in the making, really highlights a lot of key messages that I think other people would relate to. Um, not all of them, of course, everyone's different, but but there are some really interesting lessons here. So my career journey is definitely not a traditional one, and so I thought that people who may not be on the traditional path, whatever that untraditional path might be, might be encouraged. So just so you know, for those of you who don't know me personally, 
And I know that I am having a growing number of listeners, so certainly there are people who don't know me personally. Um, for those of you who don't know me personally, you, I should start by saying most people who do know me would probably say Mediocre Mitch has had a very successful career. I work in a big accounting firm. I have a very senior position in that accounting firm. And I have achieved the proper certifications, the proper credentials. I've done a lot of uh, growth personally. Um, By most measures of career success, I would say that I've met them. But the journey has definitely not been straight. It's definitely not been well planned. And it's all worked out okay, believe it or not. So before I tell you my story, which I'm hoping you will find interesting, let me reflect on a few quotes. So what I did in planning for this episode was I took a look at some famous quotes relating to successful careers. Let me just read you a few. I'm not going to take the time to attribute who said what. Um, so these are not, but these are other people's quotes. I'm not plagiarizing, I'm sharing. So here's a couple of quotes. Some of them you'll be familiar with. Find a job you'll love. Find a job you love and you never work a day in your life. It's not what you achieve, it's what you overcome. The most certain way to achieve is to keep trying. If you can dream it, you can do it. Desire, not education, is the secret to a successful career. Success is how high you bounce when you hit the bottom. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. All you need is ignorance and confidence to achieve success. That's one, two, that's eight quotes. There are many more, but you get the gist. This is about finding your passion, having failures, never giving up, dreaming big, things of that nature. So let me tell you a little bit about my career. It is definitely not traditional. Um, So let me take it back pre-career. I graduated high school with a solid C plus grade point average, maybe a B minus, but probably a C plus. My grades, um, my SAT scores to get into to college, a little over a thousand, which in that in the day was pretty average when you had a a math and a reading score maximum of 800 in each, so the maximum score is 1,600. Uh, 1,000 was a little better than average. My parents said to me, Mitchell, you can do whatever you dream. What do you dream? And I said, I dream of becoming a doctor. So I went to college as a pre-med student. And within... Two semesters, I was on academic probation, having gotten a D in organic chemistry, having gotten a D in botany, the science of plants, 
and I was well on my way towards getting kicked out of the school. My father said to me, Mitchell, I am pleased and fortunate to be able to support you in helping you pay for college. Um, but I will only do that for four years, and you had better get a college degree in four years. Now, I don't care what you get it in, my father said, but what he did say is you will get a degree in four years. So I said, well, I may as well study something I like. I don't know what I'll do with it, but I'm gonna, if he wants me to graduate in four years and I'm going to be a good son and listen, I'm going to study something I like. So I studied English literature. Why? Because you never have to take a test. And that's what I did for the remaining years of my college career. I laid on my bed and, re and read books. And I sat at my desk and typed up papers about the books I read. And that is what the life of an English major pretty much is. And I finished with a solid B average, actually probably a little higher than a B average in my English classes. And I graduated with an English literature degree and neither my father, my mother, or I had any clue what I was going to do with an English degree. And so I applied for a bunch of random jobs, and, and I had a file full of rejection letters, a solid 50-plus rejection letters. And one day my father said to me, you know, your uncle works in a big accounting firm. Maybe he can get you an interview, not necessarily for a job, but so someone in HR could critique your interviewing style. At least that's what I was told. So I went on an interview, and fortunately, the group that I was interviewing with, the HR person who was critiquing my interview style, said to me, you know, we would consider hiring a non-accounting major to work here as a staff person. You, if you want a long-term career, you'll need to go back to school for accounting while you're working, but we would give you a we would give you an entry-level position. So I took it. And I spent the next few years working at this big accounting firm and going to night school to take accounting classes. Well, I was, in, I was taking a master's in accounting, which means you need to maintain a B or a, a grade point average of 3.0 in order to stay in the program. And after mediocre Mitch got a D in advanced accounting and a D in cost accounting, I was quickly on academic probation. And ultimately, the school did not give me an opportunity to stay in the school. They gave, they gave me a short window to turn it around. I turned it around, but not as well as the school would have liked me to. I got a couple of Bs. They wanted me to get a couple of As. So I was kicked out of the program. And here I am working. Here I am desperately wanting to, A, get an accounting degree, but more importantly, to get an accounting certification as a CPA. And I was kicked out of school. So I couldn't get the accounting degree and I couldn't get the CPA. And I talked to at least 20 people saying, what do I do? What do I do? And one day I went to a different school to meet with an advisor about potentially moving to that new school. The advisor said to me, Mitch, you're 
three classes away from actually having enough credits to get a master's degree in accounting. But we're not going to give you a master's in accounting because you took most of those classes at another school and you got two Ds on two key courses. So we're, we will let you come to our school not to get a degree, but simply to take those three courses you need. And those three courses will ultimately result in you having taken enough classes to get a degree, but you will not get a degree. And to sit for the CPA exam, which is your ultimate goal. So I took them up on it. I took the three classes. I got solid Bs. I think I may have gotten an A in one of those courses. I took three courses. I had enough enough credits to sit for the CPA exam. And um, because I went to two different schools and got me- poor grades or mediocre grades, I um, did not get a, a master's degree in accounting, but I did sit for the CPA exam. Again, all while I was working full-time at this accounting firm. And would you believe I sat for the CPA exam and I failed four times before I finally passed the CPA exam. So as you can imagine, being a great student, being a great test taker, not really my thing. But I had the credential. I had the job, and I stuck with it. And I stuck with it for a number of years, and I I got promoted. I got promoted to partner, which was a big deal. And would you believe it? Um, One day, I I got mostly good evaluations at work. Um, One year, one year, I got a not-so-good evaluation, and I still to this day believe that it was not my fault, but there was an unhappy client. It was a client that I was responsible for, and when you're responsible, it's it's your problem. Even if the client was being unreasonable, even if there may have been a um, not so strong staff person assigned to your to you to work for you on that client, accountability. The buck stopped with me. So, with that, um, I came home after getting my bad evaluation because I had an unhappy client that I was responsible for, and I told my wife, magnificent Meredith, how much I hated work. And how I really wish I didn't have to work here. And I really wish I didn't have to work anymore. Of course, I was way too young to have that as an option. In fact, I'm still too young to have that as an option. But be that as it may, I was really unhappy. And my wife gave me some great advice. She said to me, Mitch, you don't hate your job. There are certain aspects of it that you're not happy with. But there are certain aspects of your job that you actually love. Let's talk about the aspects you love. And I actually said the thing I love the most is helping, is, is, is going after new work, is pursuing new work, is business development, as we call it. And I, one thing led to another, and I started um, pursuing a business development uh, opportunity at work. I got that business development opportunity job. 
I used that job. I became and that job of of, of helping people within my firm gain new clients was like a natural niche for me. So much more natural than debits and credits. So much more natural than tax returns and income statements. I just had a great knack for relating to the people in my firm who were out there trying to bring in new work and relating to clients at the other end of the table who were seeking support in whatever it is they needed. And I just had a natural knack for it. And we won a ton of work that I was helping to coach, that I was helping to direct. And we actually, I actually found my calling. I actually found a job that I loved. For the first time in my career, now this is over 20 years into my career, I found a job that I'd I woke up every morning and I was excited to do it. I couldn't wait to to have my first phone call, to read my first email. Over twenty years, and I had never had that feeling, but I was having it, and that opportunity, that job, gave me a chance to go from a business development support person to the leader of business development support for a business unit and led me to bigger strategic roles within the business because understanding business development and understanding clients and understanding how to deliver service to clients in a way that made them happy put me in a good position to take on more strategic opportunities at work. Now, that's the end of my story. Uh, well, though, I'm sorry, I should say that's what, that brings you roughly up to date with my story. So let's review some of the key aspects of my career. As you can see, first of all, lots of failures, whether it was school failures or bad evaluation at work failures or getting a certification failure. I certainly had my share of not so good moments. And thinking back to the quotes that I I, um, quoted at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about, um, let me see, I'm going to, I'm looking at the quotes that I wrote. So I I said, um, success is how high you bounce when you hit the bottom. I also said anyone who's never made a mistake has never tried anything new. And all you need is ignorance and confidence to achieve success. In other words, those are three quotes that basically say, you're going to have failures. It's okay. But if you keep being confident and you keep trying, which is what mediocrity is all about, don't give up on yourself, you can turn it around. The other lessons, you, uh, that, that, a couple of other lessons, the second lesson is you really need to, if you can find, now not everyone is this fortunate, not everyone has these options, but if you can find a job you love, it's not really work at all. It really isn't. 
I'm in a job that I love now, and I never sit there on Sunday nights anymore and say, ugh, tomorrow's work. I never sit there and say, work is making me miserable or work is making me stressed. Well, I shouldn't say that. Work can make me stressed, but I think it's manageable stress. It's more like adrenaline than defeating kind of stress. So finding a job that you actually are naturally enjoying and you're good at and you love can really help make work a lot more fun. The other thing I would say is you really don't need to follow a traditional path. I think one of the quotes I mentioned earlier is, um, well, actually, let me go back. There's a quote that I said earlier, desire not education is the secret to a successful career. Well, that is totally true because my educational path was not great. No, but I was thinking as it relates to this untraditional path, it says, um, if you can dream it, you can do it. And to me, that's a great thing. If you can dream about what you'd like to do and what you'd like to become, it's possible. And to me, I learned that the hard way through trial and error and through failures. And um, definitely not necessarily what I imagined from the get-go in terms of my career. But I made that process of continuously thinking about what would I like to be? What would I like to do? What aspects of things I've done are the things that make me most excited? And those are the things that actually I became really good at. So what do I want what do I want to say is the wrap up here? I think the wrap up is you don't necessarily have to have a direct path. You don't necessarily have to have a direct plan. You don't necessarily have to be successful at every milestone and every step that you take in order to have a successful career. And I can tell you that most of the people at the firm I work for, most of the people in my family, most of my friends, most of my college and high school mates, classmates, would those who know me would say, Mitch has had a successful career. And as you can tell, it was not a straight line. It was not without failure. It was not without missteps. It was not without changing paths. Um, it included all of those things and more. Um, and I hope by telling my story that some of you who are sitting there saying, hmm, I'm not really confident in my decisions, or I'm on a path that doesn't make me happy, or I failed and therefore I can't be successful. I'm hoping that you don't do that to yourself. Um, I'm sure I felt that way. I'm sure I had days, I know for a fact I had days where I certainly did not feel confident and never give up. But looking back over a long career, I could say I never gave up. And I could say that I worked through my challenges. And even though there were bad days in there and bad periods in there, the marathon of a career allows plenty of time for a couple of bad steps, even a few bad miles. And you can still f finish that marathon 
which is a long, long marathon a career or a job or a life cycle of working, uh, it's a long time. And all of those mistakes and missteps are perfectly permitted. In fact, if you look at them the right way, they are what make you and us better in the long run. Okay. So that's the Meet Mediocrity solo podcast episode, season three, episode 24, telling you a little story about my career. Um, Let me quickly shift gears and and say a few things. A, we've hit the summer, the summer of 2021. The Meet Mediocrity podcast will have one more episode before we finish season three. I plan to take off a little period of time, enjoy the summer, refresh my energy, refresh, um, recharge my batteries as it relates to Meet Mediocrity. We will run some campaigns and 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 rewinds, um, revisiting some older and and previous Meet Mediocrity episodes, and we will start to give you a little bit of a preview about what's coming next. So, in the meantime, if you're enjoying the Meet Mediocrity podcast, I would ask you to please continue to tell your friends, follow us on Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel with the Meet Mediocrity vlog. Go back and listen to some older episodes. Send me feedback. Send me ideas for season four of the Meet Mediocrity podcast. And um, let's finish season three with a bang. And let's create together what season four can look like. So with that said, I ask you all to keep smiling, stay healthy, stay positive, and be well. Take care, everyone.